Since the beginning, Mercedes-Benz has been a champion of women. After all, a young girl named Mercedes inspired the company's name, and it's been dedicated to the next generation ever since. From June to August, we shared bonus episodes that highlighted some of Mercedes-Benz's employees and ambassadors, who've been encouraged to pursue their dreams and have broken barriers while doing so. We also shared the I Am Mercedes campaign, which focused on young women across the country named Mercedes, who are making a difference in science, technology, social change, and in the creative arts. Thank you to the people at Mercedes-Benz for their sponsorship and for support of Womanica and women everywhere. To listen back to any of these bonus episodes, head to the show notes. Hello from Wonder Media Network. I'm Anna Malika Tubbs, the author of The Three Mothers, How the Mothers of MLK, Malcolm X, and James Baldwin Shaped a Nation. My work focuses on motherhood through the lens of feminism, intersectionality, and inclusivity. And I'll be your guest host for this month of Womanica. This month, we're talking about mothers, women who ushered forth new generations and new futures through their care, work, and imagination. Today, we're talking about a woman whose diary became the defining account of a country's arduous and entangled birth. The mother of a freedom fighter, she became a symbol of independence and a new national identity. Please welcome Jahanara Imam. Jahanara was born during a peaceful lull in a turbulent time. Her story comes from the country we know today as Bangladesh, a small nation just east of present-day India. But when Jahanara was growing up, she knew the land by a multitude of names. British India, as the subcontinent was called during colonization, was an incredibly diverse state. It was full of religious and ethnic groups with no clear geographic boundaries. Colonial authorities repeatedly attempted to partition provinces along religious lines, but communities were so intermingled that these efforts were fruitless. And more often than not, it stoked animosity between groups. Such was the case in the Far East province of Bengal, where Jahanara was born on May 3, 1929. Jahanara's family was Muslim and liberal. They wanted her to be prepared for whatever lay ahead as she came of age in volatile Bengal. At a time when few women pursued education, Jahanara's mother prioritized it for her daughter, and Jahanara thrived academically. For a time, Jahanara lived a peaceful life as her homeland underwent change after change. She became a teacher and married Shariful Alam Imam Ahmed, an engineer. The couple moved to Dhaka, where Jahanara became headmistress of a girls' school. They had two sons, Rumi and Jami. Jahanara transformed her school into one of the most successful schools in Dhaka, founded and edited a monthly women's magazine, and even found time to complete a Fulbright scholarship in the U.S. But trouble was brewing. When she was just 18, Jahanara witnessed the first of a series of changes that would mark her life story. In 1947, the partition of India put an end to more than 100 years of colonization by the British. It created two independent nations for the country's two main religious groups, Muslim-majority Pakistan and Hindu-majority India. The partition fissured Bengal down the center. The western part of Bengal was majority Hindu and therefore absorbed by India. But the Muslim-majority East Bengal became East Pakistan, 
even though it was separated from mainland Pakistan by 1,000 miles of Indian territory. As a result, serious movement for an independent Bangladesh began almost as soon as Pakistan became its own country. The Bangladesh People's League, or Awami League, was the main political driver for Bengali independence. And in 1970, the League won in Pakistan's elections. But the Pakistani military, junta, refused to transfer power to them. On March 25, 1971, the powder keg exploded. After months of failed negotiations, the Pakistani army deployed to East Pakistan. So began the Bangladesh Liberation War and its gruesome consequence, the Bangladesh Genocide. By the Pakistani government's count, casualties numbered around 26,000 dead from the conflict. According to Bangladesh, the number nears 3 million. By all accounts, the next nine months saw the Pakistani army and collaborators killing the mostly civilian Bengali population. Jahanara's house became a hub for rebellion. The green and red flag of the Bengali homeland flew above her home. Her son Rumi joined the Independence Front as a fighter. Though Jahanara was a staunch supporter of the fight, she was worried about the danger that lay ahead for her son. She realized the price her family may pay for their politics. So Jahanara channeled her anxieties as best she knew how. She wrote a diary. Jahanara journaled everything from the mundane, trying to get her rebellious teenage son to take a family photo, to the astonishing. In one of the book's last entries, Pakistani soldiers took Jahanara's husband and two sons in for questioning. Over the course of the night, they were subject to beatings and interrogations. The next morning, her husband and son, Jami, were released. Rumi never returned home. Shortly thereafter, Jahanara's husband died of a heart attack. Days later, on December 16, 1971, the war came to an end. Jahanara, though a rebel herself, had never been at the forefront of politics. Yet the people she had cooked for and clothed throughout the war knew the sacrifices she'd made. They gave her an honorary title, Shahid Janani, Mother of Martyrs. In 1986, she published the diary she'd kept during the war. She called it Aikator Denguli, or Days of 71. The book was an instant hit. Jahanara became a household name and a symbol of a continued Bengali resistance. In 1981, she was diagnosed with mouth cancer. But she never slowed her quest for justice, even when the disease made it difficult for her to speak. In the years following the war, Jahanara saw war criminals rise to power in Bangladeshi politics. In 1992, she organized the committee to exterminate traitors and collaborators, which sought to bring those criminals to justice. She also helped create the Gono Adalat, or the People's Court, Though the court had no real judicial power, it gained popular support in calling out the war crimes politicians attempted to sweep under the rug. Dahanara died on June 26, 1994, but her actions continued to shape the state of Bangladesh for decades to come. Trials for war crimes committed during the Bangladesh liberation fight began in 2011, and the official record has only begun to unearth the deep conflict at the heart of the country's birth. All month, we're talking about mothers. For more information, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. 
Special thanks to co-creators Jenny and Liz Kaplan for having me as a guest host. Talk to you tomorrow.